Welcome to That's the Word, Wholesome Tales for the Whole Family. I'm Father James Yamauchi. Today's story, The Eight Martyrs. This is a story about the passion of martyrs. You may want to listen to it before sharing it with your children. Crack! The whip produced a cry of pain from the torture room. The ruler leaned forward in his seat, looking intently at the seven young men before him. The stubbornness of these believers irritated him. Their faith was a downright nuisance to his domain, and he would see to it that every last one of them was stamped out. This can all go away, he cooed, his voice smooth as honey. You just have to do this one little thing. The leader responded without hesitation. We are ready to die rather than transgress the law of our fathers. The ruler's fury blazed white against this insolent youth. The leader was seized his tongue cut out. He was scalped, his hands and feet cut off, then thrown into a red-hot skillet. He soon expired from the smoke. The next young man was brought forward. He too was scalped, but when the ruler showed him the blasphemous task, he only said, No. They killed him in the same way as the last one. They turned to the third youth, but he stepped forward, stuck out his tongue and hands, and declared, I got these from heaven, and because of his laws I disdained them, and from him I hope to get them back again. The ruler and his warriors were astonished, though that did not stop them from killing him. As the blood continued to flow, the ruler's frustration only grew. One by one he was dicing and frying the insubordinate young men, but somehow the ruler felt like he was the one losing. Behind the seven young men stood a woman. She watched without a word of protest as the young men died before her. And not just any young men, but her own sons. Now the fifth, now the sixth little boy that she carried in her womb was mercilessly torn from the world. By the time they reached the seventh brother, the ruler had had enough. Not one of these brothers had even considered performing the forbidden task. However, perhaps this last brother, the youngest, would yield. He tried every kind of persuasion on the youth before turning to his mother. Upon his orders, the mother turned to her son and urged him. My son, have pity on me. 
Do not fear this butcher, but prove worthy of your brothers. Accept death, so that in God's mercy I may get you back again with your brothers. The youth turned to the ruler. What are you waiting for? I, like my brothers, give up body and life for the laws of our fathers. And through me and my brothers to bring to an end the wrath of the Almighty, which has justly fallen on our whole nation. The ruler was livid. This youngest brother was put to an even crueler death than his brothers, his mother watching the whole time. They killed her last of all. What was the heinous task the ruler put to these brothers and their mother? He wanted them to eat a bite of pork. Rejecting this seemingly innocent demand, earn these eight the glorious crown of martyrdom. There have been martyrs in every age, in every land, from the American wilderness to the streets of London and Paris, from the land of the rising sun to even the promised land. When others would rather go with the flow, they have stood fast for God, no matter the consequences, no matter who or what they lost. The glory of their deaths will never fade, their blood the seed of God's kingdom on earth. Around December, when we hear about Hanukkah approaching, let's not forget what those menorahs commemorate. The rededication of the Temple of Jerusalem after it was desecrated by the Greeks. Remember also the glorious martyrs who died for love of God even before Christ walked the earth. Martyrs like these eight who were persecuted in the promised land. Jewish martyrs who obeyed God rather than men even in something as seemingly pointless as refusing to eat pork. The seven brothers and their incredible mother, whose story is recounted in the seventh chapter of the second book of the Maccabees. And for this week, that's the word. Christos Anesti. Alithos Anesti. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Happy Easter, everyone. And this story regarding the seven brothers, I know people may ask the question, well, why were they not allowed to eat pork? Well, it stems from Deuteronomy 14, verse 8. So it's part of the Mosaic law. And this is what Deuteronomy 14, verse 8 says. And the swine, because it's parts the hoof, but does not chew the cud, is unclean for you. Their flesh you shall not eat, and their carcasses you shall not touch. Again, that's Deuteronomy 14, verse 8, part of the Mosaic Law. So as faithful Jewish men, and of course their mother as well, they were just abiding by their religious principles. 
buying by what God told them to do. Exactly. Exactly. And then that's what makes them uh, martyrs to be witness to something that is beyond them. And also something to note is it's kind of confusing because the Maccabees are a group of brothers who are recounted in the books of the Maccabees, but they are not these brothers. These brothers are from an additional story that's told in the second book of Maccabees, where they are talking about the persecution. This was just one example of it. So for historical context, the Greeks have occupied the promised land. This is after Alexander the Great. This is one of Alexander the Great. I think it's one of Alexander the Great's generals or his descendant who's running the place right now. And that's the ruler who is talking to these uh, brothers and their mother and trying to force them to eat pork. And he is persecuting the Jews in the promised land. So while these brothers are not the Maccabees, they're contemporaries with the Maccabees. And also just to put it into context, you mentioned Alexander the Great. So this isn't long before the birth of Christ. Only a few hundred years. So so that's an important thing to remember as well. You know, I, I still remember in Holy Trinity Seminary when I was a seminarian, because there's at one point in the, in, during daily mass, I can't remember exactly when, but we do read through this account of what happened to these brothers during mass. They're part of the lectionary. And it seemed like that it's more than one day because it seemed like that week we had pork for dinner. <laughs> it was one of those things where it was like, why are we eating pork now? Of course, this, the kitchen staff didn't know that we were recounting the Maccabees, but it also just shows that while that's part of the Mosaic law with the, with the, with, uh, the death and resurrection of Christ and the new law that Paul talks about, we are no longer obliged to follow the Mosaic law. So we could eat pork, but I thought that was, that was interesting that we were eating pork when we were talking about the Maccabee. Well, not the Maccabee, not in the Maccabees, but these brothers that are recounted in the, in the book of Maccabees feels kind of insensitive. Yeah, it does. It does. But at least it caught our attention. You know, there was something that did catch our attention and we were able to really think about it. And again, the point is to be able to say what witnesses they were when people who were not of their faith that were around them saw no problem with eating pork. But there was a problem because God, under their current law, the Mosaic law, just said, you cannot do this. And that was good enough for them to follow God's law. And the last thing I'll just say, there's so many fascinating stories in the Bible. And just like, uh, you know, we have uh, movies recounting the life of Christ and some of the saints. It'd be fascinating if one day there would be a good Hollywood, maybe not Hollywood production, but a good film production of the Maccabees, because that's a fascinating period of history. Uh, and obviously you have some heroes and uh, great martyrs and examples for us all. A lot of fighting. It's actually a perfect action set sequence. There would be. There would be a lot of fun. There would be a lot of fighting. And there is also just, there's a lot of drama, a good drama, you know, and, and the question of, you know, how, how do I respond um, living faithfully to my principles in a, in a setting where those principles are not valued? So it has some great themes that go beyond that time that I think perdure in any society or age. 
Thanks for listening. If you enjoy That's the Word, please share the word. You can sign up for our weekly newsletter at sonsofthunderrock.com. That's also where you can find our social links and our email if you have any feedback. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next Wednesday for another wholesome tale for the whole family.